Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Mental Health Awareness right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest is Nina Powell. And she has written this wonderful book, which I, I love the title of, Let That Shite Go. And we all know what we're talking about here. We all carry a whole load of done around with us that kind of just pulls us down is a heavy coat or a heavy backpack and you know quite honestly we don't smell too good either so it's time to let it go she says mindfulness has been a buzzword for the last few years and the number of people practicing it in the u.s has tripled in the last decade yet many people do not know the real principles behind it it involves self-love forgiveness compassion authenticity and perspective nina has 20 years of experience in mindfulness and wealth authentic strategies to share including some of them from her year living in ashram nina can eloquently discuss how these tools can be used to address pandemic stresses those working or schooling from home dealing with uncertainty stress over radical tensions grief and all the other daily calamities having dealt with her own trauma losing an entire nuclear family including her brother and father as a teen in a horrific tragedy she has a unique perspective on how to leverage mindfulness in difficult times when nina was 16 her parents have uh, marital trouble Luckily, her mother came home from work to take her shopping. While they were out, her father and brother were killed and committed suicide by setting fire to the house and the family home. This horrific experience put Nina on a 20-year path towards mindfulness, forgiveness, and living an authentic life. So let that shite go is a light mantra. It is not an easy path. The premises of letting go is that our true nature is joy, bliss, and peace. But if we have too much shite in the way, we experience who we really are. And, you know, being weighed down by a whole load of past history or trauma or pain is never going to get us moving forward. A, I'm very sorry to hear about the way you've lost your father and, and brother. That although you can come to terms with that trauma and you can deal with it, you'll never forget it. It's always going to be there. But it's not the idea about forgetting what happened. It's releasing the pain from what happened. Because if we don't, there's that done we're carrying around with us. Welcome to the show, love. Thank you. Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. It's so humbling. And thank you for having me on the show. I'm so, so honored to be here. I'm honored to have you. Uh, you know, we don't call it what it is. Do you know, we make all sorts of sort of words. But really, you know, it is, you know, S-H-I-T. You know, shite. In and it sometimes life is like that. Sometimes it's just what's put on us. Sometimes is what we're carrying around without really knowing. And it just it does weigh us down. And we just wonder why we can't move forward. You can't move forward until you release these things, can you? No, you can't. And we subconsciously also hold on to a lot. We're not even aware of what we're holding on to. And I, I love how you said earlier. You know, letting go. Letting shite go is 
not, it's a fun, sexy title, but you know, it, it's hard. It's yeah. tough. It's not an easy thing to do. And the first step in the process is really understanding all the things we're holding on to because we don't even really realize it until we take a look inside. You know, we've, we've got to strip down figuratively, emotionally, and in every way, because we, as you said, we don't realize what we're carrying around with us. And it's, we've, we thought we've already got over that. We thought we'd already dealt with that. Yet there's still that lead weight in the stomach. You know, right. there's still, there's still the feet are just, you know, not wanting to go forward. And it's like, oh, no, no, I'm, you know, I've dealt with that. I don't need to worry about that anymore. Yes. But the cells are telling you something different. Yeah. And just yeah. because you've dealt with something on the surface doesn't mean you have cellularly. Yes, absolutely. That is so powerful. And I think there's kind of two ways you can look at it. You can look at it as you're suppressing and repressing, mm. which is something I did for decades. Or you can acknowledge that it's there, which is much healthier, acknowledging that it's there, but maybe not feeling ready to let it go. Right. Uh, but either way, you know, not dealing with it um, will affect you on a cellular level. You know, I talk about that a lot as well, but that is so powerful that, you know, when you finally allow yourself to bring something to surface and look at it as, as dark and as, it, as scary as it can be sometimes, the empowerment and the liberation of the feeling of letting it go is just, it cannot be put into words. So sometimes moving through it is a really tough thing to do, but coming from someone who has worked through a lot and, and, and probably still has a lot to work yeah. through, um, it's, it's just an incredible feeling to finally let go. I used to call it Murphy's Law, yeah. you know, like, um, end up in the pit again you know got to work my way through the sewerage and every time you think you can come out it pulls you back in mm -hmm. <clears throat> going through the process of releasing no it's not easy um, but when you have got through to the other side and you look back on it you discover your strength you discover your courage you discover your abilities you also understand why what happened to you happened to you you know, that it, it has become part of your calling, your purpose, your understanding, your meaning of life. But you don't see it while you're in it. So if the question begs this, if you're in it and you're blinded by the truth or blinded by the fear or blinded by the trauma, don't you want to get through it? Because it's not a comfortable place to be. Yes, but sometimes that's what we do to cope. Mm -hmm. all we can do to cope when that incident happened to me at 16 you know I was in high school I you know it's, it's hard enough being a teenager yes, and, yes. and going through yes. all of those awkward stages and then this tragedy happens of losing my dad and my brother and now looking back I suppressed and repressed for about 20 years because that was the only way I could cope and move forward I mean I had therapy and I went through child psychologists at the time and psychiatrists. And even now I have a, a grief therapist. Um, and so all of that was helpful, but you know, I, I went to, I went to business school two years after that. I don't know how, how mm -hmm. I got through my program, but I did, I graduated with a business degree. I had a really great career in sales and marketing and, you know, it was my coping me mechanism. And it wasn't until 2010 when I went to the ashram and I completely unplugged for a year. I didn't have any access to television or my phone. 
uh, any external, you know, sources. And it was kind of me in the redwoods and all of this incredible mm. knowledge that I was learning. And suddenly all of the stuff started to come up yeah. holding in. And I, it wasn't intentional because when you're mm. in it, it's almost like, you, it's like a hurricane, right? When mm. you're one of my, the monks I studied under said, always try to be in the eye of the hurricane. So you're observing yes. all the sight that's flying all around mm. But sometimes when it's so intense, you're just enthralled in that and it's hard. You to don't know how to get out. That's the problem. You know, the momentum has just got your whirlwind in it and you just don't know how. And, you you know, sometimes you don't even know why you're in there because more than one thing. I mean, you know, you, you, your dad and your brother, the, the, if it had been a car accident, it would have been tragic on his own. But it's obviously the way it happened. And the big question you're left of is, but why? Yeah. But why and you know sometimes we just don't know what's what the why is and if we constantly go through life battling to try and understand that why it's going to eat us up because we don't know what frame of mind they're in at that time and yeah. you, you've also got the guilt but should I have seen the signs should I have known this was coming and it's like we have to let all of that go because yeah. it will chew you up Yes. And it's okay to feel the emotions. It was actually their anniversary on, on Saturday and all of it came up, the survivor's guilt and the why, and it comes up still, but you know, I have uh, in the book, there's 124, you know, kind of coping mechanisms or tips on how to move through it. Um, so naturally your mind is, has those memories and they're going to come up, but as long as you have coping mechanisms in place, but it's true when, when this stuff does come up, it's, um, it takes over. Yes. And, you know, it's okay to also sit in that I've learned versus kind of shove it down because when you sit in it and you feel it and you honor it, then you can slowly let it go. But, you know, you talked a little bit about uh, mental health and this is, I, I will never know why it happened, but I do know, and I, this is the process of forgiving my dad. I, I really came at it with a lot of empathy and it's mental health month. Um, his mental health at the time. I mean, this was the 90s. People didn't talk much about no, especially men. Especially men, and especially, you know, uh, Indian men really never talked about right. emotions. And you wouldn't see a psychiatrist or right. there was a major outwardly thing. And so he went who, years, decades probably, with undiagnosed mental health, untreated, and it suddenly ended in, in this, this tragedy. And that's why I'm so passionate about mental health and awareness now, because, you know, had it been then, you know, it, my life might've been different. I, I accept that everything's happened for a reason, but, um, you know, I, I'm so passionate about mental health because when we don't address it, I mean, yeah, our world can come crashing down. Right. Yeah. And, you know, as I said, you've did when we go through the process, we discover our calling and it always comes out of that tragedy or out of that, you know, that trauma um, and, and you understand the importance of it. You know, my dad died when I was 11 at the age of 80, he had a heart attack and they told him he had three months to live. What they should have told him is change your diet, change your lifestyle mm -hmm. and you could have a good life. Instead, he went into fighter pilot mode, you know, back into the war center and come on, come on, death, come and get me drank more, drove more, did more, consequently, you know, caused this last heart attack. And as 11-year-old, I said, well, but didn't you love me enough to stay? Didn't you love me enough to fight for your own life? But as I grew older and did my own investigation, I understood that he, when he came home from the war, 
it, British, stiff upper lip, we don't talk about that. We just carry on. The well, things he had seen, the things he had done, you know, the post-traumatic stress, it, you yeah. know, it was just something never talked about. And he worked with a brother that he loathed and, uh, you know, he was an unhappy man. And yeah. obviously turned to the alcohol and, and to the other things. And it's like, when you grow up and you have that hindsight and you look at it, you understand. Why, why he gave up and it's like you wish that you could have been there but the knowledge I have now is as an adult didn't have that knowledge as a child and also it was not spoken about so when when we can step back from the pain and we can look at you know what the circumstances were and it's like nobody commits suicide or, or kills their own child unless they have such feelings of desperation Yes. And, you know, it's what drove them to that desperation and how can we prevent it in others by seeing the signs and paying attention. And that includes ourselves. Yes. What are the signs that we're projecting that we don't realize? How much self-sabotaging goes on? Yes. We I'm... don't feel worthy or anything else. So awareness, this is why the show is called Mental Health Awareness. We all have to be very aware of our own mental health. Otherwise, it's very easy to derail. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm a big believer that self love is selfless. Yes, yes. You, you can't help anyone unless no. you help yourself. And I, I had a meditation teacher say to me a few years ago, you know, Nina, if you don't unconditionally love yourself, you're not going to have the capacity to unconditionally love others. And at first it threw me off. And I thought, yes. you know, I, I could do with more self love, but I unconditionally love so many people in my life. And then you go back to that analogy of the cup, you know, if your mm -hmm. cup is not full, mm -hmm you're going to be loving or pouring from, from a place of empty. So your love is going to come from expectation, from exhaustion, from obligation versus wanting to love, you know, yes. you're going to feel like you have to love. So I'm such a big proponent, proponent of being aware of the self-talk, mm -hmm. you know, what is going on in there. And, and when I say self-love, I, you know, yes, there's spa days or days at the beach or vacations, things to do for yourself, go for a walk, relax. But at the crux of it, I've realized it's how we're talking to ourselves. Yes. Self-love starts is how we're talking to ourselves. And, you know, you're right. It's about the mental health of others and people around us. But, you know, primarily it's about, you know, what's going on with us and making sure we're aware of what's going on in there. Because again, a lot of the, our thoughts are subconscious. We're seeing so much more talk about depression right now. Of course, we've got Prince Harry right now, who's being persecuted by the royal family and followers uh, for him admitting the depression. And, you know, that the system played into that. You know, Lady Gaga, where everybody looks at, oh, you know, she's reached the top. She has this. What do you mean you're depressed? And, yeah. you know, depression can hit anyone anytime. And it always comes from something. Now, sometimes you have a clinical depression which is an imbalance of chemicals mm -hmm. in your body and it doesn't matter what you do you know that depression is there and sometimes it is triggered by a trauma but we really do owe it to ourselves to know where it's coming from what can we do about it and if it needs medication then so be it i finally found a medication that i could deal with that was very low grade that didn't kind of do other things to me um, right. And but you know, I've also found techniques that help so that you're not going down the rabbit hole. Yes. Never tell a depressed person to snap out of it. No, 
they just it they didn't snap in it they don't know how to snap out of it you know it's something that's consumed them and believe me they don't want it <laughs> no no you don't want to throw toxic positivity at us oh, oh god no or shame or blame or making uh, them feel inadequate the worst thing you can do to somebody that's in that frame of mind yes it's all about compassion at that mm. point and empathy and you know, putting yourself in their shoes and, you know, giving the support they need, whether that's medical or, yep. you know, tips and tricks, but um, yeah, compassion is such a big thing. And I'm so glad that so many celebrities and people in the spotlight are talking about their struggles. I think that empowers others to feel like there's nothing wrong yeah. with them. Yes. And gosh, the year that we've had, <sighs> studies study suggest we're headed for a mental health crisis. Yes. That's the next pandemic is is a mental health one yeah it really is and i work with a lot of companies people are struggling to you know people are are, are also a study just came out that said in canada and the us and the uk people are working two and a half more hours a day on top of all the other stressors and so you know having whether people have kids home and yep. suddenly their kids are in virtual school and you know maybe perhaps both caregivers are at home they're working full time it's it's quite, it's a chat show. Yes, <laughs> you know, it really is. And um, I, I hope people are taking time and all this busyness to take a look at their mental health. You know, you know quite honestly, it's it, in the chaos of it, it's just a fudging mess right now, right now, right? And I think it's, you know, call it for what it is. We've been in this for over a year. Yes, the light is at the end of the tunnel. The vaccines are working. Slowly, we're coming out of this. But it's still going to be a good another year or even that it's going to be something on our radar forevermore um, before we, you know, completely come out of it and we can walk around stress-free. For a lot of people, you know, I said right at the beginning, common sense, folks the washing of the hands, the mask, being around people, don't give in to the fear of the hysteria of it because the news will whip it up like whipped cream hysteria. Yeah. You know, use your common sense because your immune system needs to be strong. That's the defense, exactly. right? But if you start giving in to the fear and the hysteria of it, then you're going to weaken your immune system and that leaves you wide open. Yeah. We don't realize how much our anxiety and our stress can just weaken that immune system. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, when I think about the, the pandemic, I have this tip in the book of putting things in buckets of what you can control yeah. and what you can't control. And the pandemic is one of those things that you just, you cannot control the, that it's happening and the snowball that's happened right. in this past year. And so when we go into fear mode, it's almost like we feel we can do something about it and that's why we also got to be careful with how much news intake yes right moderation folks yeah yeah it can, it can be very toxic and feed into depression and anxiety yeah. so be careful with that but but putting things in that bucket of you know what there is absolutely nothing i can do about the fact that how this is unraveling i can control you know a b and c but i can't control that this is happening yeah. it kind of gives you a little space from what's going on. Cause I think we have a bit of a false sense of reality of how much stuff we have control over in life. And so if we just kind of start to bucket things in, cause a lot of what we stress and ruminate about are things that are out of our control, especially right. when we wake up at 3 AM and suddenly it's like, Oh, there's this, there's that, you know, we, we have to be able to be aware of the things that we think about that we can't control and then kind of slap it in that bucket. And Hey, if you can control one or 2% of something and you can take action, go for it. But if it, 
you know, especially things like loss, mm. you know, nothing I can do will bring my dad and my brother and my mom right. back. Um, but you know, what can I can control? I can control the therapy I get or how I react to it or what I do with that learning. Um, so I think that's an important part when you think of fear and, and anxiety is, is just let go of the things that are just completely out of your hands. You know, we can look at world hunger, but it yeah. doesn't mean you can get out there and plant the feeds to feed everyone. Choose your battle. Choose what you're going to stand for, what you're going to stand up for, where you feel you can really make a difference. And it might be just one person at a time or it might be a group of people, but you, you have to choose your battle. And we see so many people who are compassionate. They want to go out and help everyone. And yeah. then they end up being depleted. Yes. And there's no one to, to you know, refill them because they've just expunged it all to everyone else. And then we end up with dis-ease. Yeah. And, that, and the body starts breaking down. So it's, yes, I know that you, you feel and you want to help other others, but you've got to be sensible about it because it can't cost you all of you because then you're no good to anyone. Exactly. And that's where the self-love is selfless mm. comes in. If you're running on empty, trying to help everyone, mm -mm. the intent in which you do it as well is going to be impacted because yeah. you and you're going to be tired or you're going to feel maybe resentful. So you need to, you know, once your cup is full, then go out and give, give, give. Um, Cause you're not, you know, you're going to be a better daughter, mother, wife, parent, whatever it is when you, when your cup is full um, and, and, you know, a volunteer as well. So if you yes. want to help, go for it, but make sure you're, you're okay. Yeah. You know, the moment you feel that border, I'm feeling depleted, it's time to step back. And I know there's more work to be done, but hand it off to someone else because in you, unless your battery's refilled, you know, you're going to just simply break down. You know, you talked about self-love and, you know, the, yes, the spa days and this and that, but when, when you're looking at relationships, you, nobody knows how to love you until you love yourself because that's the light in which they love you in. And it's not about, you know, um, the self-love of the pampering or, you know, the love of thyself. It's stepping into being the love. Yeah. Becoming the love. It's yeah. not a, I am, I am practicing love. I am the love. And, yeah. and it will be the light. It will be the energy. It will be the heart and the compassion wherever you go right yeah. so yeah. stepping into that love that self-love of being the love is a journey that it takes to get there it requires you letting go of the shite right yeah. of of dealing with it taking it off being vulnerable and naked walking forward in in honesty and authenticity but let your let yourself shine the way for others Absolutely. and that is one of the most selfless things you can do is stepping into your love light i love that so much you are love you know mm -hmm. when i studied ancient wisdom the, the the main principle was that our true nature is love it's yes. bliss it's joy yes. and this is proved by if you think of yourself as a infant or as a toddler you know you were inherently happy you yeah. cried for very practical reasons if you were tired if you were hungry but inherently you were a happy child then somehow we got into tweens and teens and adulthood and we built up all this shite in the way of us 
experiencing our own selves, which is love, you know? So I always tell people this spiritual journey is not a going out and finding yourself you're already there yes already <laughs> it's opening that. up your own cupboard <laughs> you just gotta undo and let go of all that right. you know it's a process of undoing and letting go of all the shite um, yeah. to find yourself and be yourself again that is and you true. can't go through life without gathering the shite along the way no, you know no, i mean perfect. you know whether it's it's a major trauma or a small one or just you know feeling disconnected or you, you haven't found your beautiful instrument yet or which orchestra to play in you know that is a life's journey and the more that you immerse yourself into it into the experience of it the faster it's going to get you into that beautiful light and knowing where you want to be and what you want to be doing but we've we've got to be willing to kind of take the shower to wash it off and and understand that, yeah, I may feel clean right now, but then that's the cellular memory comes up. But that doesn't mean it's come back. That yeah. just means something's reminded you of it. Yes. I can face it. I can give you give myself love and understanding yeah. at that time. I, you know, yes, it's a very sad memory, but it no longer has its claws in me so I can let it go. Exactly, exactly. And I, I actually talked to someone about this specifically when I worked on, you know, through the, the loss of my brother. And I said, I don't want to forget him. No. Um, and, and the response was so brilliant. It was you, those memories are always going to be there, mm-hmm. but they're going to trigger you differently. Yeah. You know, and that's exactly what you said. You know, those memories don't have that hold on you or that claw in yeah. that perhaps they did in the past. And that's what happens. Your mind is still going to think those thoughts. I mean, you have the records that continue to, to play, but the way you interact with them, again, you're more in the center of the hurricane observing yes. it yes. versus being enthralled in all the, right. the Yeah. I mean, he was so much more than his death. Exactly. So, you know, you, you remember the life and light he was rather than the way he went the same with your father, you know, yeah. um, you know, and that's the same with ourselves. I mean, we lose part of ourselves along the way. We should grieve for those moments, for the injured child or for the for the loss that we have along the way. Uh, never comparison. Nobody's loss is bigger than the others. It's all it's all relative to you. But we should allow ourselves to grieve because if you don't grieve, if you don't forgive, if you don't let go, it's always going to be with you. Yes. And I just posted about that, how grief is not just about the loss of a person. You can grieve your old self. You can grieve your childhood. You can grieve the, you know, how you thought life was going to be. Yes. Many people in last, last year, since, you know, March of last year had all these plans to, you know, have a wedding or do this work or have this event. And you can grieve the loss of, of that. You know, there's so much, we can grieve and, and you're right the importance is to actually be aware mm-hmm. of it and honor it and feel the sadness go through the process of grief with those things even if it's not a loss of a person and and you know honor honor those emotions and you know very often when we come through that grief we realize we've been redirected to another meaningful purpose and that you understand why you took the journey you can't understand the journey while you're in the hurricane no. But when you're either in the eye or, you know, out the other end, you, you kind of go, okay, um, I am now meant to do X, Y, and Z. And the reason why people will hear me because they can relate to me because they know I've been through the suffering. Exactly, exactly. And, and 
that is an empowering moment. And, and I've had moments like that too. And it's not, it's black, it's not black and white. It's a little bit gray. Lots of very shady. Where I, you know, I've even maybe a handful of times thanked my dad and said, you know, if life was, if I didn't have this tragedy, I wouldn't have that year. At 16, I was asking questions like, what's the purpose of life? What's the yes. meaning of life? Why am I here? And that's what pushed me to study ancient wisdom as well at that age. And I wouldn't have that year right. and that tragedy not happen. So yeah, it's been, you know, 24 years, but I can now look back and say, wow, that was such a travesty, but it was also such a blessing in my life because it completely changed the direction of, of where I was. And it gives, it provides the purpose of what I do today. I very much believe in soul contracts. You know, when we come here, we're coming here for an experience and we've, we've agreed to whatever that experience is going to be. And, you know, when we look at some of the tragedies or, you know, some of the injustices, um, how they become the catalyst for change or for awareness or for awakening, um, for pointing out something that's wrong and how we can write it. These are why these things happen. And yeah. You know, what What does it mean? Um, we look at senseless deaths. I mean, right now here in BC, we've got an awful lot of gang warfare going on and they're just yeah. killing yeah. each other left, right and center in front of restaurants, children, malls, anywhere. Okay. They they don't care, you know, what, what happens or who they traumatize in, in the thing. And you, you look at that and talk about being caught in the hurricane. They are. They're yeah. caught in this hurricane of of fear it's you or me mate and i'm going to take you out before me and they don't know how to get out of it and yeah. you'll find so many people whether it's whether it's violence or whether it's addiction or whether it's self-harm or depression you're caught in the hurricane so you don't know how to get out and it's yeah. how do you get out what are the first steps that you you know obviously acknowledging you're in the hurricane but yeah. you know do you grab a branch along the way to pull you out how do you get out I think that's exactly it. You grab a branch, you mm -hmm. get some help, you get some help, but you know, depending on how far down the rabbit hole you are. Yeah. I mean, and I love how mental health is uh, so acceptable. Yes. Getting help is not this taboo thing. I mean, people, I know in Hollywood, people take pride in my therapist, this, <laughs> you know, even, and, and, you know, I know that it's a privilege to have a therapist, but there's so many resources now. Yes. You know, when I went to forgive my dad, I didn't, I didn't see anyone on how to do that. I didn't even read a book. I actually, you know, I watched YouTube videos. I listened to podcasts on forgiveness. There's so many resources available. Mm. Like you said, the first is awareness that you're stuck. And then the second is grabbing that branch and whatever that branch healing yeah. looks different for every person. So whatever that branch looks like to you, but reaching out and getting the help, it's okay to get the help. It's okay to admit that something is not right. Um, and you'll thank yourself for it when you when you move through the process and, and you start to make progress. You'll think, "Wow, this is." I'm so glad I held on to that branch. Right, and the thing is, no one can help you until you're willing to help yourself. Oh yes, yep. that's uh, yes. I realized that I went to a teen support group after everything had happened, and there were other teens that were um, had lost people in their lives very tragically, and half the group was still trying to get through school and apply to university and the other half of the group was just leaning on drugs and alcohol yeah again no judgment you know if that's yes. that's the coping mechanism at the time but i realized in that moment 
no one is going to force me to go back to school to get my grades, you know, to a point where I can get into a good school and no one's going to force me to go to university. And I, you know, I realized then it was, it was, I had to admit I needed the help and I had to climb myself back up to a place where I was functional. Um, but yeah. no one was going to do it for me. And, um, you know, you, you're a study of, of, of personalities and I'm a true colors coach and, you know, the four key personality traits. And I do think that is a lot to do with, with how we look at trauma or how, you know, how we are in that hurricane. And if we can kind of know the way we see things or other people can understand the way we see things, then it's easier to put that branch in and yeah. say, grab it. You know, there isn't a one size fits all. Um, we don't know what it's going to be for that person to, to grab it. And just because so-and-so did it, why can't you do it? Well, you're looking at two different personalities who are going through maybe the same process, but in a different way. And we have to respect that process and not ever compare. It's not a competition. You no. know, it, it is about let's try and use the dialogue that they can hear rather than imposing our dialogue on them that just you know runs off the back yeah absolutely every like you said everyone's healing journey is so different and it's such a gray area so i think it's important to really lean into your intuition if yes <laughs> feels right even if you start seeing a therapist and it doesn't feel right now so many therapists allow you to do kind of a 15 minute call with them um but you know or you, or you get, get a book that you think will help because someone suggested it and it doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. Listen to that just because 10 other people found it so incredible and have recommended it. Right. It doesn't feel that it's right for you. So you really have to go on your own journey. Like I said, I suppressed and repressed for right. yeah. decades. I wasn't ready to get, get the help that I needed. And that's, that's okay. That's what I needed to do at the time to cope. So yeah. everybody has their own journey. You're, you're absolutely you right. You know, two steps forward, three steps back. That's the cha-cha-cha, you know, <laughs> and, you know, we're going to do that until we feel that we can take bigger steps so we can take bigger leaps because we feel more confident. But don't expect to get out there running and leaping. And it's not about the destination. If you're not willing to go through the process, you're not going to understand a yeah. destination because you don't have many destinations but you're not going to understand when you come out of it what to do with it because you fast track you can't fast track through this process you have to go through it according to your mind body heart and soul and spirit absolutely absolutely and when you start listening mm. it's incredible what the universe puts in front of you when you start listening and you start letting go and you start going through the process it things just start to fall in place yeah, I'm, I'm a knowingness uh, coach. So, you know, my thing is this, that we, we get this gut feeling. We don't know why, you know, I don't know. I just feel it. I call that the divine wisdom. And it resonates with our heart in truth. It goes to our spirit into action and our mind will know what it needs to know when it needs to know it. And that is, you know, allowingness and knowingness, um, not dictating, not overthinking, just feel that truth. But if your heart is shut down, due to pain, due to trauma, the wisdom can, can't speak to you because it speaks through the heart. So whether our car hearts have been shattered or not, we have to open them up because life is not worth living with a, without an open heart. The mm -hmm. open heart will show you all the reasons why to live. A closed heart won't. I love that. I love that. That's so powerful. Open your heart. Yeah. Be I that mean, light, right? Be that light, be that love. That's yes. 
right. It is a very dark place because you're no longer who you are. You've right. Lost, you've lost you, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't have access to, to that deeper knowing and that intuition. Um, so, you know, you're right. It's so important to, to open up that heart and again, look at all the stuff you're holding on to and look at all the stuff that's holding you back. And it, it isn't an easy journey to go there. It's not an easy journey to look at all the difficult things in life or all the things you're holding resentment towards or anger and, and move through them. It's painful, but it's so, so worth it. I kind of call it the rebirth. You know, when you're pregnant, you're nine months pregnant, you've got morning sickness, you've got backache, you know, you've got swollen yeah. ankles, you've got the whole thing, and then you've got labor, you know, yeah. and, but at the end of it, you're holding this child and everything is worth it. So, you know, it's the same process as hold yourself in, in your newness, your new platform, your new canvas, yeah. right? And just say, this paintbrush is now in my hands right. and I can decide what's going to be on the canvas. Yeah. And all that, like you said, all that pain and agony mm. is all worth it. It's it is. Compared to the rest of your life of having this new birth. So the 20 years you've been doing this, it's clearly, you know, obviously still being uh, an up and down ongoing type process for your own grief because you, you, you deal with it, you think you're okay, and then a pocket will come back up again and you deal with it because you know now how. But has this all this knowledge and experience that you've had now the reason behind the book? Absolutely. My, this, this book, which is co-authored by uh, a good friend and, 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 and previous co-worker of mine, Kate Petru, um, it's really our heart and soul on paper. Mm-hmm everything it kind of and again this is a great example of it fell into my lap everyone asked me oh have you always wanted to write a book or how was the process mm-hmm. how did you get in with a publisher and it literally fell in in kate and i's lap we were doing workshops in the city of, of toronto and harper collins loved the way we were talking about mindfulness and meditation and they actually asked us to to write turn our workshops into book material and then they gave us nine weeks to write the book. <laughs> oh, I, I wanted it yesterday. <laughs> um, and, you know, it was nerve wracking as heck, but I, a lot of the reason why I think it was, we were able to do that and I was able to write all of that was because these are, this was stuff I've been contemplating mm. for 20 years. And so when the book opportunity, I couldn't write another book now in nine weeks, but when this right. one through, it was almost like the messages were coming through me. And, Downloading. You know, right yeah downloading because i would write parts of it and i would look at it and go who wrote that yeah 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 Yeah. you know but it's it's true when you you know when when that heart center is open leaning into self it's incredible you know what can what can come out of you yeah and then you know as you said to look at it and and i do that with my articles you know or i do my own shows every week too sarah's view of life and and sometimes i don't know it's just a word or a subject and I press record and it comes out or I write a blog and, and then it's that. And it's like, let the, the subconscious, let the heart and soul speak. The yeah. mind already knows all the data, but the heart and soul knows how to extract what data is relevant to right. that moment. And if we're, tr- if we're writing purely from the head, this always comes up in every one of my shows. It's where I, I would like to be on the beach with I the palm trees. 
I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, the bucket list. I'm going to get there. Um, but it is about that uh, allowing that truth to come through because if we are constantly in our heads, we've forgotten the intellect of the heart, the soul, and the spirit, which have their own intellect. And if we're just constantly dictating head up, this is where we're always going to be, yes, but, yes, but, right? You know, and the but should be sat on. That's where the but should be, right? So it's if you're in that beautiful state of just channeling, and allowing the download, that is really where that divine truth and all the knowledge that you've accumulated is in flow and knows where to go. So yeah. it was a divine experience of writing the book because it was accumulation of your lifetime and everything being aligned to just to let it come out and flow. Yes, and that's actually funny you say that because in January 1, I posted about my word of the year is flow. <laughs> the state of flow. Yes. And a big part of that is surrender. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. When you're on when you're in your own head and you yeah. don't have access to heart and soul, it's that's a tough thing. But when you when you start to let go of it, you know, that that ego or that the that the mental place and you start to listen to your heart and, and work from that space, your intuition and your heart space. It's incredible when you start to surrender mm -hmm. how suddenly things start to come forward that you might have been trying to get with your mental you yes. headspace, but you were blocking stuff because you were expecting it to be a certain way, you know? So it's, it's incredible. I've always, when I came back from the ashram in 2011, I always said, I, how do I get this word out? How do I, mm. I couldn't have in a million years imagined that, you know, 10 years later, I would write a international best-selling book. I was terrible at English. I always tell high school students, look, I failed grade 12 English. Mind you, I went through a lot at that time, but I failed grade 12 English. So now I'm a best-selling author. So anything. Exactly. Possible. Anything has happened. You get someone to proofread it for you. Right? right. My head was telling me, go to business school, yeah. get clear in corporate, work sales and marketing, make this yeah. money. And the second I let go, I was like, I was just catapulted into my the work that I do now. Right, exactly. It was that redirect. But um, I have a word every year as well. Uh, this year is actually actionism because last year was review. It was yeah. reviewing one's life to right. renew one's life. Uh, and this is the year to take action on it. But I speak of flow all the time. The oxygen in our body needs to be in flow. The blood needs to be in flow. Um, with 70% water, it needs to be in flow. Our minds need to be in flow. Our hearts and souls need to be in flow. Look at everything around us. The wind is constantly in flow. The water currents are constantly in flow. We are fluid creatures. And if we don't go with the flow, now we can have the foundation of strategy and tools and skills. And once we've got that, we allow the flow to go forward because they know how to use the strategy and the skills and the tools in order to make it happen, right? So that flow is extremely important. It's incredible. And you know, the anxiety that is alleviated. Yes. Out of your head and you're just like, okay, because you accept what comes at you with ease because you think, okay, this is what the universe wants right now. So I'm yeah. just going to go with it. I'm actually reading the surrender experiment by Michael Singer right now. And oh my, it's so eye opening. Every little element of his life, he would just surrender. And the way things started to, to fall in place was so magical. But going back to, you know, mental health and, and anxiety and stress and depression, I mean, 
when you get out of that space and you start to work from a place of flow, a lot of the anxiety goes away because you don't yes. feel like it's you anymore. Right. Oh, I failed at this or I yeah. wanted this to come this way and it ended up happening this way. You're just like, okay, all right, we're doing this now. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Know? Just oh, allow, oh, right? Allow. Oh. You know, uh, life's expectations, society's dictation is what's been wrong because everybody has an opinion of what is important you know the the fame how many likes how many followers how much money do you make how important are you how do you look what do you wear who are you dating you know or what do you drive all of this has become the superficial importance and like anybody that's gone down that road has put the brakes on it either for cosmic two by four or realizing they're going down the wrong road and go I am chasing an illusion that I didn't even want. It, yes. was, it was imposed upon me of what I wanted instead yes. of me asking myself what I wanted. Yes, yes. We have um, we have a tip in the book called fudge, fudge the shoulds. Um, <laughs> you know, because... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> there are so many shoulds that we're adhering to. Like, I look back and I go, why did I feel like I wanted to go into business school? Like... I was always passionate about people. I want, you know, now that I look back, I'd probably do social work or psychology. But, you know, why was it business school? And I look back to all the shoulds. Yes. And we adhere to so many shoulds, whether it's from our our, our parents from a young age or friends or a group of friends, or, you know, they own a home, we should own a home, or they are having kids, we should have kids, they are doing this, you know, and it's subconscious. Again, social media, we see things, or in the media. And, um, you know, I feel bad for youth because I feel like they're really getting impacted yes. by what they're seeing on the screen. Because so, if, if you don't, it's shame. Exactly. You should do this or I'll shame you. Or, or else, you know, yeah. and you hold that weight. And so we always say, I always say, when you are doing something, find out if the should is coming from you. Because if you truly want to move out west or do this, then, yes. Yes. you know, do it. But if it's coming from a shit or everyone else is, or I feel this pressure because all of my friends are blah, 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 then that's a should you're adhering to for the wrong reason. Right. So really listening in to, again, that inner voice and where is this should coming from? Why am I doing this? The one thing we can absolutely guarantee them if you go down the should road is that you're going to get a redirect somewhere along the line. And if you don't pay attention to that redirect, the cosmic two by four is going to come along and pull the rug from underneath you so that you have to pay attention to it. You know, the the universe will always put us on the right track. How hard that journey is, is up to us. Absolutely. I love that analogy of like the universal two by four. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's exactly what happened to me. I went to this course, uh, this, um, this, uh, the ashram for a year. And I came back and I thought, I really want to spread ancient wisdom. This is my path. But then I went back to corporate. That's what I knew. Yes. (laughs) And then my mom got sick, you know, and my mom and I were, you know, best friends. Obviously, we became so close after that incident. I adored her. She just was an incredible, she was an executive, but she was also a very spiritual person. And, you know, she got diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's Mm. or ALS and passed away within two years of, of her diagnosis i was pregnant with my daughter mm. it was it was it was traumatic time very mm. traumatic mm. but that was the two by four yes and you know we have a year maternity leave in canada and so when i was planning to go back i thought no 
no, like life is so short. Yes. Anything can happen at any time. And that was my second reality check. And I thought enough's enough. I registered my business, I put my daughter in, in, in daycare. I registered my business. I did a website and I said, I'm going to give it a year. I'm going to give a year. I'm going to do corporate workshops or I'm going to do, you know, workshops for um, communities in the public sector. And I'm going to see where it goes. And here we are four years later. And there's a book that dropped in my lap. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, everything I've worked with over 40 companies now, you know, it's incredible, but yes, sometimes you need a little kick in the ass and the universe will do that. Yes, it will. <laughs> and, you, and then you allowed, you allowed the flow to happen. And yeah. lead you where, you know, the one thing we can learn about control is we're not in control of anything. Nothing. <laughs> right? That The only control we have is knowing we have no control. Now, we can make choices. And even abstaining from a choice is a choice. Yeah. Right? And we can make choices. I, you know, I don't know where I'm going right now. I'm literally going to lift up my feet and allow the wind to blow me. Yeah. Right? But, yeah. you know, as I say, you can paint your canvas, you know, the manifestation. I want this and I want that. But those are I wants from the head. When you speak from the heart and the soul, I desire to feel like this or accomplish that or go down this road, that feeling is an energy and a vibration that the universe can deliver on so much more. But you've also got to be careful what you ask for because you may get it and it may not be what you want. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, this, I worked with, I work with companies and executives and, you know, it's like this whole notion of surrender and letting go, but we, <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I get it. You, and I'm an entrepreneur. I get it. You plan ahead. And the simplest way I can explain it is, you know, you, you decide to go on vacation. Yes. You have to research what country you want to go yeah. to where you got to buy the plane ticket. You know, you got to book your, your stay, your Airbnb. Um, but you can't control if it's going to rain the whole time. Right the weather you can't control the little experiences you know how things are going to unfold so yes you plan we all planned for a 2020 that was supposed to you know not stop our feet of the year um but we all got quite a reality check right yes, so yes plan but don't be attached mm-hmm. to how that plan unfolds because you know I, I say in the book my 25 year old self wouldn't even recognize mm-hmm. my 35 year old self I'm 40 now but oh my gosh my 25 year old plan I had all these things yeah. in place. nothing <laughs> I'm telling you Sarah everything flipped on its head that yes. everything I thought was going to happen didn't and and a magical thing happened things mm-hmm. happened as well that I didn't expect and so now I can't I plan but I think okay even with my business, I try not to think too far ahead. Right. It's like whatever comes to me and I ask for direction as well, you know? Yeah. It's good to kind of plan for the next season because you're, you're planting seeds and you're watering and you're nurturing. But yes. if you plan for seasons ahead, well, you have no idea what environment yes. is going to be out there. So your best laid plans are just going to get laughed at. So, yes. you know, plan for, for the next chapter stop writing the end of the book <laughs> before yeah. it's time right so yeah and be flexible be yeah. adaptable and adoptable because if you're not flexible and you're rigid you know I, another book i speak about a great deal i love this book who moved my cheese by spencer johnson yeah. right the two mice and the two men around the abundant of cheese and the different reactions when it's gone and you know when 
that was such a, a profound book for me because as a true colors coach as well you, you know you can see the the personality types in there but you've got to ask yourself what is it about me that i'm unwilling to move forward or i'm unwilling yeah. to do what it is why do i demand things be given back to me and well is it my personality trait am i afraid do i really feel so righteous that everything is owed to me or am I looking at this experience as something that's there to teach me, to guide me into being that better person that could be of service to the rest of society? Yes, I love that. I love that. And that is so powerful when you start to ask those questions. Yeah. Start to ask those questions. And, and it's not asking them from the shoulds. No, right? it's asking them from, you know, what am I here for? What am I designed for? What is my next step? And your experience will always be your guidance system yeah. because you had those experiences for a reason. Yes, exactly. Exactly. The good and the bad. Right. And you might not know, you know, yeah. Ask me, what, what am I meant to do? I don't know what I meant to do. I don't have, you know, just, just start somewhere. Start with what are you passionate about? Have you yeah. always wanted to take that art class? Mm. Art class and you never know what's going to manifest, right? So yeah. if you don't have a sense, because I've always, I've had a sense for a very long time that I wanted to teach ancient wisdom. I just didn't have the courage to go out there right. and do it. Um, but some people don't even know where to begin with that. So yes. I always, you know, what are you passionate about? What, what sets your soul on fire? What, you know, speaks to your heart? And when you, when you come at it from that, then you're open to hearing. Yeah. Know, Yes, exactly. And, you know, when you are opening them, you know, I think one of the things we've, we've lost a great deal of, I mean, you look at a child and I, I've got a, a two month old grandson um, and like every day he's changing, right? He's becoming more aware and everything else. And it, the sounds and the looks and that wonderment, that wonderment on his face, he, we've lost our wonderment. Yeah. So, yes, but now I should be doing this. And now I should be doing that. I've got to do this. I've got to do it. And to be happy, I've got to be that. And it's like, God's sake, let it go. Yeah. Just step back into a childlike type mind and just be wondrous of what is to come. Your yeah. structure is there. Your building blocks are there. Your tools are in your backpack. Be adventurous and discover. Because yeah. you never know what you're going to discover about yourself until you're willing to take that journey. Absolutely. And that's the undoing. Yes. Yes. Right. I like wonder and that yeah. child curiosity. I mean, it's, and we, we experience that maybe when we're, we're visiting a remote place mm. or we're on vacation, you know, but having that in the everyday, that's yeah. a very great mindful activity is to experience things as if you're doing them for the first time. No, you can let go of a lot of shite, <laughs> you know, um, and you think, okay, I'm clean now. And then you turn a corner and there's suddenly another bucket there that you didn't know and yeah. it's brought up another memory or brought up something else it does not mean you're going backwards it just no. means that there's just something else it's now time and you have the skills and the tools to take care of this you don't need to go and wallow in it yes that's it's, it's interesting you said that because this just happened to me last last month or so i've realized that i need trauma therapy mm -hmm. i have done any I have grief I have a grief therapist right of the sorrow and the, the anger and the pain um but I haven't addressed fully addressed the the trauma professionally and so and it's just again talk about the universe someone on Instagram 
messaged me, who featured me in something. She said, Hey, I'd love to publish a book. Can I chat with you? Sure. We start chatting. And next thing you know, halfway into the conversation, I realized she's a trauma healer. Right. Yes. <laughs> so she came to me for something. <clears throat> the universe right? always provides. And now I don't see that as going backwards at all. I no. actually excited yeah. when this comes up because I think, oh my gosh, here's another bucket of shite that I'm holding yes. on to. And I'm so happy I recognize that. And what is to come when I let go of this? Yes. Like, yes. Like, this is the last ball sitting in there. <laughs> Boom. You know, and so when when you say that about stuff that continues to come up, I mean we're we're human. We're not perfect right. beings. We never get to that place where it's just like, oh, it's all done. You know, stuff nope. will keep coming at us. That hurricane's gonna keep yes. going around us. Gonna so, keep testing us. And it's always for a reason. And you know, when you get to that stage where you can look back at the past, you can talk about it, but you no longer feel anything with it. You don't feel the pain. You don't feel the sorrow. Yes, it was sad. Yes, it was painful. Yes, it was traumatic. Being there, done that, went through all the feeling. I can now talk about it. In fact, that it happened, but it's no longer attached to me. It no longer defines you. Yes exactly it no longer defines me I just posted about that last week that your past no longer defines you it might be always a part of your yes yes but it's not you no it's It's an experience you're going through it's the same if you get an illness you are not your illness you are just going through this illness right Right. or you're living with this illness but it doesn't mean you are the illness And you know, like how many people die from diagnosis because they died from the diagnosis, not the illness. They gave up, they gave in. And everything we're given, as they say, God doesn't give us anything that he doesn't give us the strength to go through. It's our choice if we're going to step into that strength. But one of the best pictures is looking back on something and going, oh my God, I was there in that trauma, in that pain. Look where I am now because I made the choice to go through it and let it let that shite go. <laughs> exactly, which is such an empowering thing when mm. we can bring it to surface and let that shite go. And again, the awareness is the biggest piece, being aware of what we're holding on to because we think on average 50,000 to 70,000 thoughts a day. Yes. Um, which translates to 34 to 42 thoughts a minute. So I mean, we are one of the head Exactly. And I, I just read an article recently that said we're only aware of less than one percent. Yeah. Of those thoughts, and and you know that's why people love to be busy. Yeah. Because it, it avoids you avoid what's really going on in there, and I think this last pandemic year, a lot of mm. shite has come up for people. Oh yeah. Because. There's no distraction. Right. We can't go to that sports game. We can't go meet up with friends. We can't go to the spa. We can't do all these things. We're stuck at home, not stuck, but we're at home with our families day in and day out. And and suddenly stuff is coming up for people. Right. Um, but it's a beautiful thing. When it comes up, I know it can be scary, but it means you're ready and you know, you can there's something to move through there. There's you know, crudely put, it's a block toilet. And you, you know, and, and you are not going to push it back down. You know, you, you've got to get the old tube in there to clear it out. And, you know, that's, that's you know, but that's. sometimes the shape comes up. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's, yeah. 
it's uh but you know it also comes in never mind what what comes up it's what's within us you know it's how much stuff are we carrying that literally changes the chemistry of our body changes the way we digest food changes our whole production going on there and causes stomach problems and because of the turmoil that's over there all the time and you know we we have to look at those things you know you you have this and you have that okay why do you have them most of the time like cancer 80 percent um, uh, an emotional disease 20 percent uh, actually chemical when you look at all of these problems there's always a systemic reason while they're there Yes. Well, most of the time we band-aid it or we just take yes. something to take away the pain but yeah. no you gotta let that shade out yeah. <laughs> you got yeah. black balls darling let them out <laughs> oh, hilarious i don't know if you've heard of heal the documentary heal uh it's on netflix but it talks about this as well about how much uh, you know when it comes to illness chronic mm. illness, how, how much emotional yes mm. yeah and it's it's when you realize uh, the connection, the mind-body connection, it's quite uh, mind-blowing. You know, we, we, um, I just have a show out this week, um, this last week, and, and it's looking at the, the Western and the alternative modalities. And, you know, each one of them have their strengths, but what if we brought them together as a whole? And we actually had a doctor talking to a naturopath, and we had the dentist talking oh. to the foot thing. One thing we don't do, is we don't look at ourselves head to toe, inside out, as a whole person. Yes. And, you know, that pain that you're having over there could be something totally different over there, but they're only paying attention to the pain. They're not looking at the channels, what's causing it. thousand percent. Yes, that is so powerful. Listen to Sarah, whoever is listening in. I mean, that point is so powerful because... It, the holistic healing is a mm -hmm. thing. It's not just about seeing the doctor. It is, nope. if you have an illness, maybe it is about seeing a doctor and getting the medication, but also seeing a professional. Also, you know, what you're eating, the minds, the, the thoughts that you think in your mind, it yes. is all encompassing the emotions that you're feeling, what you're carrying, what you're holding on to. all of this stuff plays a role, like you said, at a cellular level. So mm -hmm. happening at a cellular level, it's impacting you physically. Yeah. You, know, um, you know, from my counseling days, it was like we're all lying to ourselves and it's not our fault. It's what we've been conditioned to do. Mm -hmm. um, but when we can look at that and go, you know, I don't want to live this lie anymore. You know, I want to release it. I want to look at where is the core. Now, I used to ignore my core. I don't anymore. If my core says no, it's no. If it says yes, it's yes. And, and how I'm meant to make it happen will be revealed. But we don't listen to ourselves too much because our heads will always talk us out or into something. But if we listen to the gut, to the core, to the heart, the spirit, it knows when we should or shouldn't or what we should do. But we don't listen enough from the inside out. And, you know, all of our health problems. I mean, look at the health problems that we have today that we didn't have back in the day. And look at all the medicine we're supposed to have today. All mm -hmm. the knowledge that we're meant to have. Why do we have so much dis-ease? Because we have so much more expectation placed on us today than never was there before. And we're all trying to live up to this. And it's causing our entire systems to break down. 
And so the mental health is coming because of the physical health. The physical health is coming because of the mental health. And it's all coming from this exterior expectation rather than the interior truth. Absolutely. It's so well said. It's so well said. And, you know, working in corporate and now seeing what some people are going through with the hours they're working, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, yeah. some, some countries, the way they work, there's only, you know, there's no seven days, there's only, you know, one day weekends or people yeah. are working, you know, I know people that are working, they're, they're getting up at six, working and then doing the kid thing in the evening and then getting back online and working till 1am and getting up, you know, at some point your body is going to say no. Yes, exactly. And yes. you've got you yes. hopefully don't have to get to that point. Right. Um, but sometimes, like you said, the two by four mm. hits you when you're not listening. Um, and, you know, with, with what's happening, and I mean, many people aren't going to go back into the same jobs or the job is not going to be the same. You know, there's going to be a lot more online working yeah. than going back into the office. And there might be 50-50 or might be all one over the other. But, you know, industries are, are realizing, you know, I get a lot of productivity from the people at home and they can choose their hours as long as they're getting the work done. Yeah. And so it's proved to so many people being very, very beneficial. But everything was a pivot, you know, to to a different direction. And if you don't take it personally, the pandemic didn't come out to get you. Yeah. You know, it apart from being kind of the cleanse of what the universe does it was a wonderful tap you on the shoulder take a look at your life is it really serving you are you really meant to be where you are is there something else you can do this is the conversation to have with self and then get into actionism and change it so it, it's been a great gift on so many levels the strain we put on ourselves is what we've chosen to do and if you're in that strain and you know something's going to give, how about you give it before it gets you? Yes, exactly. And when you're aware, that's what the awareness does. When you're not just on autopilot and you're yeah. stuck in a hurricane, when you start to become aware, and that's what mindfulness does. It makes you aware of those 60,000 thoughts a day yeah. and starts to tap into that. And suddenly you can, you know, it can be scary because you're going, I'm actually not happy. Right. <laughs> Right. or in this relationship or with this aspect of my life and then you st once you are aware you kind of can't go back and that's when you start to that's the point and you work with with corporations and individuals and that mindfulness the heart and the soul can't have a voice until the mind shuts up and says okay it's your turn so that mindfulness to step out of the chatter and to go in and listen is uh, the mindfulness that we want people to get into but that in itself is a is a practice isn't it absolutely it's a it's an everyday practice yeah. i've been practicing this for 20 years and i still catch myself going off in all these directions yeah. right so yeah. it is a continuous practice not just every day but every hour every minute you know i work to bring my mind back and bring my mind back um it's the job mind's job to think thoughts and to take us to all these places and and I just read another study recently that said 80% of our thoughts are self-deprecating. Oh, our God, yes. Oh, isn't that horrific? <laughs> We're so heavy. We all do it. Heavy. We all do it. Yeah. We all do it. So it's a continuous practice. Mm -hmm. of and again, that's the outside bombardment of yeah. that expectation, right? And, and those should, should, shoulds, um, as opposed to listening to our truth. The people that have stepped into their own light and into their own truth and their own authenticity, there is 
so much less chatter around them because they're living from the inside out and so much more peaceful and are radiating so much more heart and love. And it's like we look and we go, I want to be like that. We can all be like that. All Just got to be willing to take the journey. Yes, we have a whole chapter on authenticity. And, and that's just it. Every chapter in the book is another, you know, ball of shite that we're looking <laughs> right? And that's it preventing us from being who we are. And like you said, the mental chatter. I have so much less mental chatter now yes. than when I worked in corporate because my mind, body, and soul yes. are so in alignment. Mm. So connected. And I had a monk say to me once when I was studying in, in, in the ashram, you know, we were going for a walk and he said, you know, as long as you're following a path that's not meant for you, you're going to be, feel like you're walking with a rock in your shoe. Right. You mm. know, and that really stuck with me. And I thought, gosh, I've got quite the rock and it's mm. time to get rid of this thing. But it also affects the mind when we're mm. not being authentic and true to who we are. There's this, you know, this, this, this tension and this mm. push pull of your your soul knows mm. but your mind due to all of the pressures and the shoulds is is, is 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 rubbing up against you and and that's what causes a lot of mental stress and pressure and the anxiety and the depression and mm. so when you do follow your heart when you are on that path there is there's just this peaceful alignment you know of course there's stressful moments here and there but yeah but you know how to deal with them you, know you, you don't you don't sweat them right yeah. yeah exactly uh i mean we're also so much more productive and creative in that state of being right mm -hmm. so we want people to be there have you found working with the corporations in the way you are now that there is a total change of mindset and how they approach their staff and their clientele and realizing that we really have to bring the humanity into it invest in people because when you invest in them to be all they can be they're going to cut runoff over in every aspect of their lives so are you seeing that change happen i'm seeing it a lot i was a big believer in that when i was in corporate i always pnl you know on par with the people i always believed if you believe in people you're going to get you're going to get them to perform and you're going to get them to be as creative as possible when you genuinely care mm -hmm. and believe in them. When I started my business in 2017, um, yes, there was, there was some of that, but I feel like in this last year, since probably yes. you know, Q4 of last year, companies have started to realize when their people aren't happy, um, when they're not taking care of their people, there's a direct correlation to performance that some companies are having a record um, a number of people on short-term and long-term disability right now. A lot of it is mental health. There's yes. a, an article that states that the U.S. uses loses 300 billion annually because of mental health and you know people taking leaves um, to, to address that, which I'm, I'm glad people are addressing it. But I think companies now are yes. own that versus okay, you got a problem, go figure it out. Well, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. you have to play a role yes. in the awareness of what's happening and in, in taking the care of the mental health of your employees. And so a lot of my workshops are about our mental health and mindfulness because they do go together. And mm. I'd say the genuity around companies has there's been a shift since the pandemic because people are struggling and they see that. And even leaders themselves mm. are struggling. So they're being more vulnerable 
with it as well, um, which is very, very encouraging. I started my website in 2017 with two logos and I thought I'm going to give myself a year and, you know, it's been four years and 40 companies. And that's the biggest thing that I like to talk about is that so many companies are now willing yeah. to hear about these tips and tools and, and mindfulness and address mental health than they were five years ago, 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, mental health wasn't a thing when I started no. working. No, definitely not. 2003, forget it. Now companies, like people coming in from, you know, school are asking like, what's your plan? How do you address mental health? What are you doing for me? You know, 10 years ago, maybe it was about the planet. It was about social responsibility and what are you doing to give back? And now there's been a shift to what are you doing for me? How are you making sure that I'm not at a breaking point because of the work and the pressure and, you know, everything I'm taking on? So that's been a very positive shift. Right. Well, basically, the employee is setting the stage for the players to play in. And mm -hmm. that performance is only going to be as good as the setting, as the ambiance, as the support, as the encouragement and as the celebration exactly. of each person. And, you know, if, if we stop putting people down, stop making it a competition, stop comparing and start seeing them for who they are and what they can be and get behind them and nurture them, then we're just going to see so many more performances that are going to, you know, reach great, great, great heights. But, you know, we've got, we've got to look at it, whether we're the boss or whether we're the employee, we have to step up and say, look, change has to happen because it can't go on. That's this entire pandemic, as far as I'm concerned, it was the redirecting, the pivoting as to start stepping more into heart, to kindness, to caring, to being there for one another, that com compassion, that collaboration, and understanding the power of love yeah. and how incredibly high energy and frequency it is. And the more people that are in that state of love, of being love, the less conflict you're going to find in every other arena. Exactly, absolutely. And that mind compassion is such a big part of my, mm. you know, and it's when I work with companies, okay, yes, maybe at the end, it's about productivity at some point, it's about the PL, but really the ultimate is, is the love and yes. the care. And when you can have a team that there, where there's genuine love and you know, you're cared for, and you know, people are, you know, genuinely interested in how, in your well-being. I mean, that's home. For, you yes. Know, that's, that's it. That's a place you want to stay at. That's a place you want to be loyal to because you do feel it's home from home. I feel at home here. I'm spending eight hours a day, whether it's online or in the place. And you want to know that, you know, that you're valued, that you're seen, that you're yeah. cared for, because when you do, you're going to be loyal to that and give your all. Yeah. Right. So, and it, as far as I'm concerned, it's a no brainer. Yes. I see it that way too, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> I see it that way too. So, you know, we're talking about letting the personal shite go, but really in, in what we're looking at in industry, there's a hell of a lot of shite they've got to let go of. And, you know, that control, that um, the behavior towards people, the the using up for people and just, just dismissing and replacing, uh, there's, there's an entire restructure that needs to happen. And, this, you know, this is, I think, the shakeup that we're having right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, this is a wonderful shakeup that we're having. A lot of people, again, some people are going through that scary phase where they're facing it, uh, but you're going to come out the other side again, so much more empowered and 
it's all happening for a reason so just trust yes the the universe gave me a saying three and a half years ago of the universe is going to shake us up to wake us up for us to step up and change it up and grow up wow and you know we've been shaken we've been woken we've been invited to stand up we know changes are needed and we also need we need to raise our elevation our frequency of love we're in that in all of this right now and you know there is no waiting for others to do it for you this is your life your journey it doesn't matter where you are what you're doing if you're not willing to go through this the shite's going to go with you wherever you go yeah yep Absolutely. Absolutely. And honor your emotions. If it's yeah. too difficult at the time or you, even the awareness of knowing it's there yeah. is a big step forward. If you're not ready to quite let go yet, but you know, it's there, that's, that's a part of working through it, you know, and don't let anybody shame you or blame you. And if yeah. they do, you know, the Don Ruse for agreements, speak your word with integrity, right? Um, don't take anything personally. It's their issue. Um, uh, don't assume, ask, and just do your very best measured by what your best is. And if somebody doesn't understand what you're going through, don't look to it as something that you've got to, to wear or bear. You know, that is, they're not there. So you, all you can do is that I honor that you cannot see me. Yeah. And just wish me well and let me go on this journey. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. That's a big one too. Yes. Whole, do it for you. Do it for you, not yeah. for anybody else. Let go of the people pleasing. I was a chronic people pleaser for many, many years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I hope we're called it the disease to please. Yes. You know, but uh, oh yeah, when it comes to other people and the shame and the get all like, yeah, that's you cannot what what other people think of you. They say what other people think of you is none of your business. Exactly. And, so, and no matter what you do, you're not going to change their mind. You know, like Popeye saying, I am what I am. Yeah. You know, I always yeah. say I'm, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I'm somebody's strong cup of black coffee, you there know? You and it's like, if you're into the coffee, fine, but I'm not going to be offended if you don't see me, hear me, or I'm not your style. That's okay. I work on this frequency. You either tap into it or you don't. There's other people that may work on your frequency and all the power to you in finding them. Find your tribe, find your vibes. Yeah, right. absolutely. And as long as you are happy, yeah. as long as you are fulfilled, that's all that matters. It does yeah. not matter what anybody else thinks or how they perceive mm -hmm. you or how they feel you or anything. Just as long as you, and I had to really step into that. Actually right. writing the book helped me step yeah. Yeah. Of, you know, okay, now I'm inking it and I'm putting it in paper and I'm putting my name on it. So I need to own up and stand up to all of this. And that's when I realized I got to let go of, you know, perceptions of yes. others. Be true to my myself. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like how many people would read your book, all those that are ready to hear what it has to say. I get this with the podcast. How many people listen? I said, all those that are ready to hear. Yes. Right? <laughs> you know, it is out of our hands. We've put the material there. Now it will go where it needs to go, when and with whom. And yeah. that is out of our hands. You know, we can promote, we can put it out there, make sure you know it's there. But whoever picks it up are the people that need it. And we yeah. can't dictate who, what, when or how. Yes. And that is entrepreneurial surrender. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. You In a nutshell. And, oh, how many people listen to it? How many people... <laughs> 
you know, and I, of course I get caught up in that sometimes, but I catch myself and I think whoever is meant to read the book. Yes. I'm going to read it. It's just that simple. You were meant to write it. Yeah. It's written and it's going to go into the hands of the people that are ready to read it. Because yeah. there's no point in somebody reading it just for the sake of it and they're not going to get it, yeah. you know, and, and they may read it and it hits them this way. And then later on, they come back and pick it back up again and go, oh, it hit me this way now. Yes. It's a lot of planting seeds <laughs> too. And sometimes, yes, it's not till it could not. And I've read books too, where I've come back a decade later and yeah. it's like, oh my goodness, there was so much more depth or this, mm. and this. And yeah, that's wonderful. But uh, I love what you said earlier. It's like you put it out there and whoever's going to listen, is going to listen. And whoever's going to read is going to read. And that's okay. Right. Don't it don't we have such a comparative society of with, especially with social media the followers and the, yeah it's like you know you're doing good work you're putting it out there and that's what matters all that's, that matters and the universe will protect you the universe will protect we you. are all an algorithm yeah so you know that that vibe and that algorithm we put out is the people that are going to join in so yeah. be true to who you are step into your light and love and let that radiate up that's all the invitation you need Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So what are you offering people right now? I know you're working mostly with companies. Is it only with, with organizations? Uh, no, it's not only with organizations. So main, my main work is uh, organizations, but I also are a, a part of a couple of communities as well. One is called The Village, and they are all about wellness um, uh, for women of color. And there's another one called Chronicon, which is all about uh, people who have chronic illness. Um, so I'm part of those two communities, um, but I am, you know, on Instagram and I'm all, I, I respond to everybody who writes me. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about getting into coaching. I'm not there yet. I'm waiting to see what the universe says. I'm going to go through this trauma healing and then mm -hmm. see I feel like there's going to be something after that I let, let go of this last bowl. But, um, you know, the book is the biggest thing I can offer to anyone and everyone who is wanting to learn more about mindfulness in the everyday and how to find yourself again. Now, A, where do people find the book? But also, will you also tell me about your masterclass? Yeah, so people can find the book on, if you go to pureminds.ca, which is my website, there's a number of links to wherever you are in the world, whether it's Amazon or um, Barnes and Noble. So there's all the links uh, to there. And I just recently launched a 12 week masterclass. I'll let that shite go masterclass that is on uh, Udemy or Udemy. Um, and if you just go to the, the, my website, pureminds.ca, there's a link to that as well. And the, and the book you can get anywhere, um, and workshops as well. I do in those two communities and with companies. Excellent. And so people can reach out to you at pureminds.ca, not.com folks.ca and, uh, LinkedIn, it's uh, Nina Purewell, P-U-R-E-W-A-L and Instagram, what is your Instagram, love? Instagram handle is nina.pure.minds. Great. This has been absolutely wonderful. And, you know, um, I love it when the books kind of are channeled. You know, it's taking your life experience along with your divine wisdom and putting it out there. And then it, it has so much more relatability to people who are picking it up and, and seeing themselves in it and understanding how to go through. I love the title let that shite go, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, there's swear words sometimes just have a good 
reason, you know, fudging it and, and a few other things because it just ugh, spins it, let it go, right? Yeah. And, you know, what we need to do is, you know, right, we're a little bit like a pressure cooker and we've got to release every now and again. Otherwise, if not, we're going to blow our tops. So. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. And believe me, the universe will get its attention from you in whichever way. So you can do it the easy way or the hard way. But one way or the other, it's going to happen. And, uh, you know, when when it does, it feels traumatic. And then when you've gone through the process and you look back, you go, thank you, universe. I'm sorry I didn't listen earlier. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. There's so much power in what you just said. Thank you so much, Sarah, for your time. I so appreciate being on this show. And having to this conversation with you. I feel like this has been such an authentic and real, I love using the word universe. So I don't, you know, I, I don't often say that in my corporate workshops, but this is a great space. I feel like it's so true and it's so real. Um, I love talking about things like working from the heart center. And I'm so glad you bring that into service. Your work is just so much, so needed, especially in this time. Did it right back at you, and you know the it is about igniting our heart and souls. It is about stepping into our divine presence. We are never alone, whether you want to call it God, God, universe, or spirit, Gus, as they used to call it. Um, it doesn't matter what you want to call it. That divine energy is there. It's the wisdom, but it can only speak to us through an open heart. And if you close your heart off during to trauma or to to pain, to to discontent you are doing yourself a disservice and you're going to react in every way mental physical emotional everything and uh, until you're willing to clear rid of that shite you're not going to get back on track so pay attention right absolutely well said <laughs> so thank you so much and you can get that book let that shit go um, right on Amazon, Barnes and Noble and anywhere else and uh, reach out to her on her masterclass and uh, anything else that she's doing out there because it sounds like she's doing some wonderful things. And remember, you're not alone. Uh, Nina may be a, a match for you, maybe not. You're not going to know until you've had a conversation. And the whole thing is we're not meant to do it alone. There are people here to guide you, support you, show you the way, give you the right skills and tools. You've got to walk it. But they're there to guide you and help you along the way. So please step up in your own life and participate and start letting that shite go so that you can step forward into a beautiful, abundant life and be the light that everyone else wants from you as you need for yourself. So thank you, Nina. Thank you so much for having me, sir. I truly enjoyed this conversation. Mm, right back at you. Been delight. So until next time, folks, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. You will hear many, many shows here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. We have new shows for you out every week. Just find them on our podcast or, or what's new. If you feel that you have something to share that makes a difference in the lives of others, or you too feel that you could be a host, please contact me at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com and we will be glad to speak with you. Have a wonderful day.